Hello there guys and welcome to Pupil Politics. So in today's episode we're going to be talking about the European Super League, how it happened and really how it fell apart. So uh, of course we'll also be relating in course content, so how you can relate this into your A-level politics and government course. So, for context, before we really move on to the course content, I'd like to talk about really how it came to happen. So, over the past few years, there's been a sort of small rumbling talk about a, you know, elite European footballing league, but it's never really come to happen. However, it's been an invitational tournament, and it would have all the sort of big European, you know, football teams as like the, you know, sort of really establish themselves as the top dogs of Europe. And they kind of had problems getting it off the ground because of certain issues to do with uh, you know, German football clubs uh, because they're uh, 51% plus owned by the fans. And this is a move which is massively, massively unpopular with football fans. So it would be really hard to get the you know, clubs who really deserve a seat there, such as Bayern Munich, on board. And also clubs like uh, Ajax and Porto, who are respectively huge in Europe, however, have fallen away in recent years. Do also, you know, many football fans would make an argument to say that they deserve a seat at the table. However, they would sort of see themselves as the, you know, sort of cannon fodder of the tournament, you know, where they would be the ones sort of losing every weekend, having a full made themselves, really, you know, what you know, one would expect um, in comparison to, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, the. Uh, your you know, Real Madrid's and your Barcelona's, and there are also other issues such as uh, you know teams which have recently rose with new money, such as uh, Tottenham, such as Man City and uh, PSG. So the reasons that they had had problems is because they've got no real European history. They haven't won a European tournament before. However, they do have a good enough squad, and they do have a uh, you know all, all the funds which would you know be required to compete you know to compete in a European Super League. So there were huge questions over whether they had really earned their place at the table of you know the European top dogs. Had they proven themselves? Um, so it felt like it was all sort of jammed together at the last minute when it was announced because there were reports of clubs who didn't want to be involved, such as uh, Chelsea and Man City, um, because they felt like it was uh, betrayal to fans. So that that's what media reports were you know suggesting. Um, and I also believe that it was thrown together in a you know, quite sort of short period of time to minimise leaks, you know, which would you know give time to you know prepare UEFA for whatever sanctions they would put on the big clubs who would be leaving the Champions League in return. Um, another of the reasons why the European Super League was formed was in opposition to the Swiss model, which the uh, UEFA Champions League is you know coming to use in. Uh, 2024 which you know many football fans do oppose however it's the lesser of the two evils um, so to relate this onto the course content uh, I believe that the topics of your A-level politics course which this covers is participation is parliament and PM and cabinet and th those are the main topics so the reason that I talk about uh, uh, participation is pressure groups now 
football fans banded together to apply pressure on the government and there were not only you know that, that this not only happened using uh, you know mediums such as uh, Twitter and Instagram which was of course the most widely used as it's the most easily accessible but there were also uh, football fan base uh, pressure groups which formed to uh, lobby the government and their own respective clubs uh, and also the Premier League and the owners of the uh, clubs forming the European Super League, uh, which I believe is an excellent uh, example to show not only how uh, you know governments can be lobbied, but also um, uh, football clubs and businesses more specifically as well. Um, so to move on to Parliament, which I think is you know the really important part of this in context to your uh, politics uh, course is. Uh, that I believe that the sensible way that Parliament would have been able to deal with the European Super League would have been to introduce new legislation which would have been rushed through. Now, if I were in Parliament, if I were you know, in government, the uh, I would have potentially used the you know um, parliamentary sovereignty to push through a law which would not allow uh, Premiership football teams to join international footballing competitions without a qualification process between the dates of the 11th of August one year proceeding round to the May 21st of next year which would then also allow for international pre-seasons to go ahead which are you know huge money makers all across the world and it allows fans you know anywhere from you know London to to move on to PM and cabinet I believe that the most important part that we have to bear in mind is the idea of informal powers of the prime minister now I don't think it's any secret that a large part of the way that Boris Johnson has become so popular and ultimately come to power is through portraying a sort of, you know, you know, like he, he is really in some senses the UK's, ja- you know, the UK's national Jack the Lad who's bantered his way to the top by, uh, you know, or bantered his way through uh, politics. So I believe that, you know, uh, moving toward a, a ban of, uh, English teams taking part in the European Super League would have been a, a, a great boost to his informal powers, uh, to to the public at least, as it would have appealed towards him being you know, the, the man of the hour to save football and increasing you know, the appeal towards his sort of Jack the Lad persona that he sometimes can portray. To round this podcast off, I believe that we've covered quite well um, how it happened. So uh, the the story over the past few years of the, the, the rumbling rumours of a European Super League happening, the, the course content, the participation unit, the parliament unit, PM and Cabinet. My, my final thoughts on our podcast today are, I believe it is almost inevitable in future that we will see the rise of a European Super League because you know football clubs are getting richer, and rightly so, some would say. So... I believe when you own your own business, it's only right that, you know, to such an extent, you will do, you know, what is right for your business. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, that does become blind to, you know, the, the people who, you know, love your business like, you know, football fans do to our football clubs. So thank you for listening to People Politics. We usually post every Wednesday. So thank you and goodbye. See you next week. Thank you.